go ahead and have a seat. Again, we are so glad that you are in worship with us this morning. Um, and as I mentioned in our, our time of prayer as we began, is we really want to encourage each and every one of you to find, to discern, to seek after God's heart, to seek after what God is calling to you next in your life of faith, whether you're exploring things, whether uh, you're just starting, or whether you've been at it for a while, God is always calling us deeper and deeper into relationship with him. And so we want you to take that next step. We want to be a community that supports you as you take, take that next step of faith that God is calling you to make. And so last week when we talked about this conversation, we, we talked about taking the next step of faith always requires an encounter with Jesus, each and every time. It requires that encounter. And what we're going to learn more about this morning is this idea of taking that next step of faith means consistently saying yes to Jesus. And so what happens is that we might have these encounters, and when we have these encounters with Jesus, there's always an invitation. Jesus always invites us to follow him. And so that's our question. Do we, do we follow Jesus or do we not follow Jesus? Do we say yes or no? And so some of you might be asking yourself, why would I say yes to Jesus consistently, let alone say yes to Jesus at all? And so this morning, to begin to, to help answer that question, because it's a good question, we're going to be reading a passage from the book of Isaiah. It's one of the larger book of the prophets in the Old Testament, and the prophet is speaking God's word. When the people of Israel, there are broken. They're, they're scattered and they're dispersed. And so they were feeling lost and lonely. They're feeling lost because they, they felt as though their identity was being stripped away and they, they felt alone because they began to believe that God stopped showing up. God grew distant and that God had abandoned them. And I know for some of you, you might be feeling that way this morning. But in a lot of ways, what the prophetic voice does, it's a, it's a voice that encourages us. Sometimes it can be a, a, it seem like a hard encouragement, those hard truths. But it's a voice nonetheless that, that calls us back. It calls us to remember who we are. It calls us to remember what God has promised us. And it also calls us with what we are supposed to do. And so as we read this passage in just a little, a little bit, I think when we read it, it helps unpack and pinpoint something that I think not only relates to the people of Israel, but it relates to a lot of us today. And so we're going to be reading Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 2, and then we're going to jump to verse 19. And so if you have your Bibles with you, awesome. You get extra points this morning. Um, but a lot of you I know follow on your phones, and so you'll no judgment if you, if you want to open your phone or your tablet or anything like that, but read this along with me. Um, and you can also follow along on those screens. And so this is what it says, Isaiah 43 verses 1 and 2 and 19. 
It says, but now, says the Lord, the one who created you, Jacob, the one who formed you, Israel, don't fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When through the rivers, they won't sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you won't be scorched and flame won't burn you. Look, I'm doing a new thing. Now it sprouts up. Don't you recognize it? I'm making a way in the desert paths in the wilderness. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. And everyone said, thanks be to God. Amen. And so last week, what we talked about was this problem that we all struggle with, especially as we're coming to know who God is and and whether God exists or not, is this idea that that God is distant or really that God is passive or really God is inactive in our lives. And last week, I challenged you to think a little differently because the gospel, it tells us a completely different story, a different truth than we come to believe. It's that God is already at work in the world. God has been, God is, and God will be at work. And the truth is, is that God is already at work in your lives too. And so that might be hard to grasp at first, especially if you're new to the Christian faith. But as we grow to know the the heart of who God is and who we are in relationship to God, and we see and we read what the story of Jesus is about, it's good news. That's why we call the gospel good news. It's good news because God is active, and God has, and God is working us back into relationship with him. God wants you, God wants me to succeed at being followers of his son, Jesus, because when we do, it changes our lives. It it transforms us. We'll unpack that in a minute, but what it does is it brings us closer in relationship to God and to each other. And some of you might be asking why. Why is this so important for us to be in relationship with God and for us to be in relationship with each other? And I think it's a, it's a great question because behind that question, I think reveals something that we struggle with that God never wanted us to struggle with in the first place. God never wanted us to ever feel alone. God never intended for us to be alone. And so I want to challenge you again this morning that God's desire is a relationship with you and for you to have healthy relationships with everyone around you. And this this problem, right, this issue of feeling alone, it's been going on for a long time. In fact, it's been going on since the beginning of creation. God has been addressing this problem since the beginning of creation. In Genesis, When you read the creation stories, we have a God who who repeatedly proclaims this. He says, it is good. As he's creating and forming, he, he proclaims that it is good. 
And we're told that when God creates us, when God creates humanity and breathes life into humanity, he doesn't just call it good. He calls it very good. And you know what the very next thing that God points out in this story that's not good? It tells us not soon after, in chapter 2, verse 18, it says, it is not good for man or, or for humanity to be alone, right? And that's where the, the story continues and, and God creates a companion. And, and so what happens is that we have this sort of relationship triangle, if you will, right? There's a relationship that we have with God, but we also have a relationship with our companions, with the rest of creation, And so this was God's desire for each of those pieces in the triangle of relationships to be in harmony with one another. But then there was another problem. We believe God was somehow holding out on us, right? God tells us to to not do one thing. And some of you might know it, but God says, do not eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And yet the enemy came and and the enemy began to sow seeds of doubt in our hearts and in our minds. And so Eve is having this conversation with a serpent. That is the, the metaphor for the enemy, right? And so she's having this conversation and She's trying to tell the serpent this. In, in chapter 3, verse 2, it says, God said, don't eat from it and don't touch it or you will die. Talking about the fruit. The snake said to the woman, you won't die. God knows that on the day you eat from it, you will see clearly and you will be like God. God put this in my spirit as I was preparing and And that last phrase, and you will be like God, even though just a a couple of chapters before, we were already created in the image of God. And, And somehow, we thought we were missing out, right? We did not trust God's heart or the fact that how God created us. It was good, it was beautiful, and it was complete. And this is what happened, is that the idea that God does not have our best interests in mind is the greatest lie ever told, and it's the greatest lie we still believe. And so what we thought we would gain, it, it paled in comparison to what we ended up losing. We, we thought that gaining this knowledge of good and evil was was greater than the relationship that we already enjoyed with God. We had a case of hashtag FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. And the consequences were severe. We were created to be in relationship and in harmony with God and creation with each other. And we uh, chose to abandon that. And so we had a choice to make, to continue following God or not follow God. And so instead of saying yes, we said no. 
And when we said no, we, we separated ourselves from God and we also separated ourselves from each other because it's a byproduct of sin. Sin manifests a whole host of things, including loneliness, because we push each other away as we seek to fill ourselves first, to put our gain over the gain of others. And so this is what Jesus talks about and teaches about repeatedly in the Gospels. He's saying, lay down your lives for each other. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. Serve people. Love them. And Jesus epitomized that. He laid down his life for us so we might know the love of God, who we are and who we were created to be. And so the story of Scripture is, is God pursuing us, saying that the way I created you and the way that I created this world is enough, and we continuously didn't believe God, and we don't believe God. We believed instead, and we continue to believe the lie that we would find ourselves outside of God and outside of who God already created us to be. And so in this long story of redemption, it's a story of us accepting who we are. It's also a story of us accepting who God is and, and also beginning to accept each other. God makes the same proclamation over and over, and he makes it in our passage this morning. He says, I will be with you. I will be with you. It doesn't matter what, what life is throwing at you. It doesn't matter what season of life you're in. God says, I will be with you if you let me. If you say yes to who I am and what I have for you. And so our passage, God says, I'm the one that created you and formed you. Trust me. You don't have to fear anymore because guess what? You don't have to wander because I have redeemed you. You don't have to, to feel lost and alone because there's a light in the darkness. And, and so listen for my voice. Know that it is true that I have called you by name and you are mine. Please don't chase after what the world thinks is important but chase after what I think is important because I know you best. I'm your creator. In fact, I, I, I've always given you a way back to me because I'm your redeemer and I will be with you always because I'm your sustainer. We find life in God and in God alone. And God's saying, look, Look at what's happening. I'm doing a new thing, and I'm doing it through my son Jesus for you. Do you not see that you are not alone? And so what are we going to say? Are we going to say yes or no? Taking the, the next step of faith always requires an encounter with Jesus, and it always means consistently saying yes to Jesus. And some of us, 
We've, we've taken that first step of faith, right? Where we have, have come to this place where we, we do want to trust God. And we do want to accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. What I like to call the first yes. It's a sense of being known. It's a sense of, of being accepted as you already are. That you are already a child of God. And so what happens is, is when we move into that first yes, you, you free ourselves. God frees us from that lie that, that you are something else or that something else is better. And so that first yes to God, it's, it's a first taste of what God has desired for us and created for us. To walk in all along is, is to, for us to be in relationship with God and in healthy relationships with each other. Ultimately, it's, it's for us to not be alone anymore. We were never supposed to be that way. We were supposed to be in communion with God and in community with each other. And so when you walk with Jesus and you, you consistently say yes, your, your life is, is being transformed because you're saying yes to God and no to that lie. And, and the more that you say yes, the more that we walk in the life that we were created to be in, and we experience change and transformation because God has this incredible power to redeem anything. Isaiah talks uh, about these dangerous waters and these scorching fires, right? It's these images of destruction. And yet in the Christian faith, we use these exact same images for life, for new life in Christ. Because we're baptized by the water. But we're also baptized into the Spirit. And the common image for the Holy Spirit is fire. God is able to, to redeem these things. And if God is able to redeem those things, God is able to redeem what was causing you suffering in your life. That, that lie that you were willing to follow, that, that led you away from God. God has a power of, of redeeming you and welcoming you back into relationship with God. You can be healed and not only that, whatever your redemption story ends up being, what, what used to cause you pain is no longer a source of shame. It's now been redeemed to be a, a source of strength. And guess what? You get to share that testimony of God's redeeming power in your life with others so that they can begin to have that same encounter with Jesus as your Savior, as their Savior, as you have come to know him, to truly be in your life. Our lives are remarkable. God wants us to have the, the best one. As I think more about this and about what God intends for us and maybe what some of us are going through this morning, I found this, this short poem on Instagram I didn't take the time to look up the name of the poem, but I'm just going to call it What is Stronger because that's the first line of the poem. This is what it says. 
Maybe you can read it, but I'll, I'll read it for you. It says, what is stronger than the human heart, which shatters over and over and still lives? Even in scripture, if we go back to the Old Testament and we read from the Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verses 6 through 7, it says, set me as a seal over your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death. Passionate love, unrelenting as the grave. Its darts are darts of fire, divine flame. Rushing waters can't quench love, and rivers cannot wash it away. You see that power of transformation from our Isaiah passage, the the Song of Solomon, and, and what the gospel teaches us is that God is active. God is redeeming all things, is redeeming you, and is redeeming me. Friends, we we want you to walk away here encouraged and know that, that you are fiercely loved, that God will be with you always, and that you might never be alone. That's our prayer. We ask that it would be so. Amen? Amen. If you were here last week, we started this spiritual discipline, one that I've adopted and we're encouraging each and every one of you to adopt. And maybe you've seen it floating around on social media. But we invited you to begin spending time in this new year to ask God, what is one word? that that God will give you to to help you day to day throughout the whole rest of 2019 to help you have those encounters with Jesus, to help you consistently say yes to God. We want to spend some time in prayer in just a moment and give you the space to do that if you haven't done that already and encourage you to share with one another, encourage one another. I shared last week, mine is care. And so I want to be uh, better at what care means at such a time and place as this, as God is calling me in the next step of faith. Also want to give you time to continue in prayer to see what God might be calling you to say yes to. Maybe it's that first yes of accepting God, of accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to know more about that, write that on your connection card, right? Come talk to me after service. Call me, text me, reach out to me. Would love to do that. And and maybe there's there's a a yes that that you're growing into or you're feeling led to, and and let's have a conversation about that as well. But let's just take some time, some space to begin to pray and ask God to reveal to us that one word, and what that yes will be for the next step of faith. Let's pray.
God, we give you thanks for all you have done and all that you are already doing in our lives. God, you fulfill your promises. You help us to say yes and yes more to the life we have been created to live into. And help us say no to the, to the lie where we think we can find something better outside of you. God, we give you thanks for speaking to us. God, I give you thanks for the faithfulness of those that know you more closely, those that have just gotten to know you, and, and those that are still struggling to see your presence. God, you still say yes. God, thank you for helping us to claim that one word for our lives. God, when we can claim so much more. And God, I ask that you continue to pour out your spirit to sustain us each and every day, moment by moment, God. There's, there's so much we can say yes to. God, there's big things and small things. God, give us the grace to say yes to walk into freedom, to walk into healing, to walk into redemption. God, we ask for more of you. And God, we give you thanks. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. As we transition in worship, soon we'll be able to come forward in an act of, of remembering our baptisms, and, and I'll, I'll talk more about that in a minute. But what I'm excited about is welcoming Gemma into the life of our faith. And I want to ask Gemma to go ahead and come on up here with me. Gemma's been attending our worship services. She's getting plugged into the life of our church. She's being trained to become a Stephen minister, to provide care for everyone that God is calling her to care for. And so now she's ready to, to say yes to becoming a member in the life of our church. And so we're going to take this time to do that, to officially welcome you as a member of Mountain Park United Methodist Church. And so on behalf of the whole church, Gemma, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, please respond, I do. Do you accept the freedom and the power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms that they present themselves? If so, please respond, I do. I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with a church which Christ has opened up to people of all ages, nations, and races? If so, please respond, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ, oh, we just did that, sorry, <laughs> according to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of, member of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representative to the world? If so, please respond, I will. I will. <laughs> Gemma, having already renounced sin and professed your faith, we ask that you remember your baptism and be thankful. And so as a member of Christ's universal church, we ask that you would be loyal to the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries. 
If you will, please respond, I will. As a member of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, please respond, I will. will. And members of this worshiping body, I want to commend Gemma to your love and care and ask that you would do all in your power to increase her faith, to confirm her hope, and perfect her in love. Together, let's respond, making this covenant with Gemma, with the words on the screen. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ, and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So let us now take some time to celebrate and welcome Gemma officially as a new member of Mountain Park United Methodist Church. Gemma, I want to pray for you. Um, and, and we'll do that and we'll, we'll continue in worship. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for, for the many ways that you have been at work in Gemma's life, that she has a, a testimony that she can stand on as she seeks to be a more faithful follower of your son, Jesus. God, we give you thanks for the gifts and graces that you have blessed her with, and that by being a part of this body of Christ, that we would grow in in living Jesus and loving community together. So God, we thank you for all you've done and all that you will do through her and through this church. God, we thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Jemma. Sure. And so church, I wanted to thank you. Reverend Tyler, Tyler, Reverend Tyler, Reverend Tyler. Here you go. Stone Mountain United Methodist Church. Mountain Park, yeah. Mountain Park. So I came here, and I knew I was led here. My parents worship upstairs in the uh, regular service upstairs. But I wanted to do this because on my journey in faith, I wanted to be in a congregation where I felt free to worship. And I just got married last July, not a member of a church. And I called the, the administrative office, and I said, I want to be counseled in a Christian counseling before I got married. My husband is in the Caribbean. I live here. Yes, it's hard, but we're doing this because <laughs> God is great. Amen. And when I called the second time, my mom says, why don't you call back and ask for Reverend Tyler? And I did. And when I sat with him, the authenticity and the genuineness to which he received me really sealed it for me that I wanted to be a part of this congregation. Amen. And I want to thank you for making me feel welcome. And in a way, he said to me, come, just as you are, without one plea. And I came, and I'm here. And I want you to use me as I have asked God to use me. I don't know how he's going to use me, but I started with Stephen's ministry. And I want to be be able to do that. And anything else that the church needs me to do, I would like to do that. So call on me. I'm here. And again, thank you for welcoming me into this congregation. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Gemma. Amen.
at the end of the service, I'll try to remember to, to ask uh, Jimmy to come up so that you can introduce yourself and continue to welcome her in the life of our church. And as we come into this time of, of a baptismal remembrance, we, we recognize that, that some of us have, have made that first yes to God, and some of us have not. But we still believe that God's grace is at work in your life. And so we're going to be inviting people to come forward. And, and take one of these stones and receive a, a mark of blessing from the, the waters that will pour into, her, into here. And we'll ask you to remember your baptism. And we hope that God is, is calling you and God is compelling you to, to live more faithfully. And, and we have these, these times where we have an assurance of our faith. And sometimes it comes after maybe a period or a season where maybe we, we haven't been following God as much as we would have liked or that we should have been. And so in this time, we, we don't ask that you would be re-baptized, but that you would just simply remember your baptism because when God said yes first, God continued to say yes in your baptism. And so you don't need to be rebaptized because God is faithful to God's promises and God's covenants that we make with him. And so we just ask because God is always willing to receive us and welcome us back. And so remember your baptism. And I know some of you are good Methodists and you were you are, uh, baptized as infants, right? And you're like, Tyler, that's a little hard and to remember my baptism. But we are being baptized each and every day when we say yes to Jesus, because we're saying yes to the new life that God is calling us to live into. And so if you have those foundational moments, or, or if, even if they've been gradual, continue to say yes, to trust in who God is and what God has done for you. And as I mentioned in my, my sermon, God is our creator. God is our redeemer. God is also our sustainer. God created us through the Father. God created us and, and then redeemed us through Son, Jesus Christ. And then God continues to sustain us through the Holy Spirit. And so as we work through this next piece of worship, we're gonna confess a very simple, basic faith. It's grounded in the Apostles' Creed. But it's simply professing those three things. I believe God is a, as a creator as my redeemer and my sustainer. And so, sisters and brothers in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, God's spirit has been poured out upon the water. Water poured over and immersing us. Water that flows freely for all who will receive it, who will say yes. Water from the streams of God's saving power and justice. Water that brings hope to all who thirst for righteousness. Water that refreshes life, nurtures growth, and offers new birth. Today, we come to the waters to renew our commitments in each other's presence to Christ who has raised us, the Spirit who has birthed us, and the creator who is making all things new. And so let us confess together this simple affirmation of faith. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe, I believe in God, God 
the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit. And so in this time together, God, we ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit and by this gift of water call to our remembrance the grace declared to us in our baptism. For you have washed away our sins and you clothe us with righteousness throughout our lives that dying and rising with Christ, we may share in his final victory. We ask that each and every one of you, as you feel led, to come and remember this grace of God. And if you haven't made that, that choice, that, that decision to say yes, that's okay. If you don't come up, nobody is, is watching you and keeping tabs and judging you. But all of us use this time to be in prayer. Continue to think about that yes. Continue to think about that one word. Continue to, to be appreciative, grateful for what God has done and, God, and what God will do through you today and the next day. Come as you are led. Mm -hmm.